Hi, Lamb Fam. Welcome to Life After Miscarriage, our brand new podcast where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and we have our very first guest ever, Eileen. No pressure. <laughs> Eileen Vincent. Is it Vincent? It's Vincette. Vincette. Everybody says Vincent, so don't worry. It's fine. Vincette. So she is an American living in Switzerland? Yes, in Zurich. Correct, which is like totally interesting on its own. But you have kind of a whole story to share with us. Totally. And if you just want to start by, you know, giving a little background on you, your husband, kind of like what you guys have been going through, how long, that type of a thing. I do. I've just spilled water all over my table. <laughs> all right. Hey, Here. Hot Mess Express, we just talked about that. <laughs> I love it. No, it's fine. I've moved my laptop, so it's just messy. Oh, good. Oh, good. Sorry. Um, right. So, yes, um, backstory. That's where we are, right? So, uh, my name's Eileen. Hello. I've been living in Switzerland, you as you mentioned, for about a year and two months. I moved here from the UK. You can hear from my accent. I am originally from the United States, from North Carolina. And I grew up there and then lived in New York for about 10 years. So I've kind of worked backwards, but that's my background. My husband is British. We met in New York. And after three years dating there, he was like, come with me to the UK. So my own little love, actually, I came to the UK. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't quite that romantic, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's my story. Awesome. So how long have you guys been together total? We met in 2007. Okay. And so I guess, what is that, 11 years? And then we got married in 2012 okay. um, in England. And then we had our son. I have a son who's four years old. We had him in 2014. Okay. And you guys have been trying for baby number two since 2016, correct? Yeah. Uh, no, wait. Yes, that is correct. We started, I got back off the pill in April of 2016. And okay. we, so we tried for a few months, but we had tried for about nine-ish months when we got pregnant with Patrick. So I kind of expected it to take a while, but we got pregnant within like six months, which was like, fantastic and it was like right mm -hmm. here we go again we're pregnant like I can clearly remember taking the pregnancy test and going right let's do this like let's get on Etsy and order the greatest big brother t-shirt and like start to plan the big unveil what kind of picture am I going to put on Facebook like so mm -hmm. such beautiful beautiful naive thoughts yeah that's how I always explain it too. naive thoughts <laughs> totally, totally. And you don't understand that till you've had a loss yourself you absolutely don't. I remember, I'm, I'll be jumping around a little bit, but I, I can't remember after which miscarriage it was, but a, a dear friend who I love so, so much sent me a pregnancy announcement over WhatsApp. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like devastating. And that every time yeah. I see them now, I'm like, gosh, but you know what? Good for you because yeah. you, you don't have to experience this. So of course you would send it because it's an exciting time and it should be, right? Yeah. Anyhow, I digress. So... Yeah, so we got pregnant quickly, and I had my first miscarriage about eight weeks later. Fine. Is that right? No, because when you find out you're about four weeks, so it would have been like yep. four weeks later. But so I was eight. You weeks. were eight weeks along. Okay. I was eight weeks. We were home in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, and 
I had, like I said, this little t-shirt for my son to wear. My mother-in-law had come with us. It was a big Thanksgiving. And yeah, I went to the bathroom and saw blood. And I was like, oh, oh, what is, what do I do with this information? Yeah. Like, you know, it was just never going to happen. Then did you had to go? Did I have, sorry? Then, then did you head to Google? Yeah. I had to Google. Yeah, that's okay what I did. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. And I immediately, because I was in the United States, I called a doctor friend of mine in the UK and was like, what do I do? Because she had had a miscarriage before. I was like, is this a miscarriage? And she's a very straightforward, she's like, it, it probably is. And, you know, you just need to go to the doctor. And it's kind of a blur now because one, it was kind of a few years ago now, but also two, yeah. the first one, it's, it's almost like you're, just a defense mic. I was in shock. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to deal with it, what was happening. So I went to the doctor and yeah, sure enough, uh, I was having a miscarriage. And um, in preparation for this, I went back today to kind of see some of my earlier YouTube videos talking about that time. And it did come back. Like I dealt with it very scientifically. I was, mm -hmm. and I think it was protecting myself. I was like, oh, this is just my body saying it's not supposed to happen. And now that's happened and now we can get pregnant again and we'll have a baby. Like, yeah, that was what I thought. The was that, first did you one, have a similar experience? Yeah, or? I did. The first one, it's, it's a really weird thing to try to explain because I feel like it's the hardest one, but it's also almost the easiest one yeah. um, to go through. If you've had multiple, like we have, like emotionally, it's really, it, it by far was like the toughest emotionally on me. But at the same time, I still had so much hope after yeah. the first one. Yeah. So it's like, it's definitely the hardest, but it's also the easiest. It's a really weird It mixture. is strange, yeah. Because you are still like, like I said, you're like, okay, well, that's happened and that's really sad. But you look at the statistics and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. one in four. So now I'll just get pregnant. And that's like you say, yeah. So you're hopeful for the future. Yeah. I think my, my third was emotionally oh I don't know if we've told everybody yet so I've had seven total yeah okay. Debbie Downer major yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's a nightmare but I, I use humor humor too. I have yep. to laugh or else I'll go we're crazy. very similar in that yes. sense totally. very similar <laughs> but I think the third was the biggest emotional hit because okay. the second one I was like okay okay, I've had two, but like, I definitely won't have another one. Cause now I'm starting to become like the super sad story. I've had two. Yeah. And then when I had the third, it was just like, that was devastating. Cause it's like, okay, now this is chronic. Like what yep. is going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and then the fourth one, I was angry. Like mm -hmm. then it was like, now I'm starting to, well, I mean, I guess in the third one, I had this too. And I've seen some of your videos, you've talked about this, like getting pregnant isn't fun anymore. It's, mm -mm. it's like an anxiety attack. It's, it's like terrifying. I'm just waiting to miscarry now. Yeah. I always call and it, it's like playing Russian roulette. Totally. Like playing Russian roulette with your emotions, like with your body, with a baby. Like totally. it's just a really weird concept. And like how, how was your husband when you got pregnant after having like two? Because my husband every time was like, this time's different. This yeah. is going to be the one. And I was just like. I wasn't in the same headspace. Mm -hmm. like, I was just mm -hmm. waiting to miss. Yeah. Her. I, you know, my husband was the same way. Like he was like, well, most likely like this will be fine. 
Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but my head went always right to, I'm going to lose this baby. Even I'm, I mean, you know, I'm currently pregnant. And like, even with this one, I was just like, there were so many times that I thought I lost the baby because right. you just, your head just starts to play so many tricks on you. Of course. Um, but the third one I did have, I did have a weird, again, that was like another weird mixture of emotions because I don't know how it is in Switzerland, but like here, they that's when they start doing testing. Right. Is after the third one. So it was almost like, okay, I'm finally going to be taken seriously, which sounds so ridiculous. And they, I mean, I feel like, honestly, you should be taken seriously after the first one. But it's almost like they they just push it off until you've had three. And then it's like, okay, this isn't normal. Now we can do testing. Yes. And it's like, gosh, if you were to just do testing after the first one, maybe I wouldn't have to go through two or three or four, you know, but... Totally. And did they, did um, they, they find anything when, after the testing or? No, I always call it like quotations, like bad luck miscarriages. That's kind of the diagnosis that I was given was yeah. like, eventually you're probably going to end up having a healthy pregnancy. It's just kind of like, how many hits are you willing to take type of a thing? Yeah. Um, but they did end up finding out, I think it was after my fourth one, we got sent to a reproductive endocrinologist and she examined my thyroid levels. And although my thyroid levels were in like the normal range, yeah, she wanted them a little bit lower for women trying to conceive. So I did go on a thyroid medication, but I was pregnant. Like we didn't know I was pregnant, but I found out four days later and that's the pregnancy that I'm oh. going through right now. Okay, yeah. Um, so I was, I am on thyroid medication. Do we know if that did anything? No, like okay. there's no way to ever know. Yeah, but it's better just to look into everything, right? Yeah. 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 We so, I'm trying to think. So in the UK, because I was in the UK for my first three. Okay. And in the UK, it's um, it's so health system is totally different from the United States. But yeah, it's similar in what you say. They won't get out of bed until you've had three. So okay. I was the same. Like I, once I got pregnant the third time, I'm like, if this is going to happen, mm -hmm. I'm almost. And it's so twisted. It was almost like when it started to happen, like you said, I was a little relieved, like, okay, now yeah. maybe I'll get some answers, mm -hmm. you know? But yep. we were moving at the time. So once we got over here, I got referred to, um, they call it a recurring miscarriage clinic here. Okay. And they did a ton of blood tests to check thyroid, to check for lupus, um, a bunch of different things that could be causing it. Then I had, I don't know if they do this in the States, but it's kind of an invasive procedure where they give you an ultrasound, like an early ultrasound with the fun joystick that we've yep. had a miscarriage everybody most for the most part has gotten to experience the joystick <laughs> <laughs> so which is crazy now when I go in I'm just like yeah whatever go for it <laughs> but, um, but they go and they look to see if you have um, they inflate your uterus to see if you yes. have polyps yeah I did that and then they tested my husband for genetic issues mm -hmm. me and that's what's led us to where we are now. We've had all those tests, all inconclusive, and they've said, right, well, you can try IVF. And we were kind of like, IVF? But, like, my husband looks at me and I get pregnant. Like, that's not the issue. Yeah. Um, but apparently, once they fertilize the embryos, they can look to see if that's the issue, if they're just abnormal. So Yeah, which is happens. most likely, for most women, that is what's happening, is it's just, yeah. like, the embryos just not genetically normal and your body is technically doing what it's supposed to be doing when you're miscarrying. Yeah. Um, but 
that's kind of hard to hear sometimes. But yeah, IVF, we we were about to do IVF. That's why we went to the reproductive endocrinologist and right. her last resort or like last game plan is what I call it was that thyroid medication. Right. Um, so yeah, luckily we didn't have to, you know, go through that process right. and spend yeah. the money because IVF isn't cheap. Oh, goodness. So you guys, how, like, how far apart, because I know you've been pregnant seven times in like two years. Yeah. How far apart were each of your miscarriages? So, like, God, this is going to be embarrassing if I can't remember all of them. It's so uh, embarrassing, but so depressing. No worries. Honestly, you have to stop. Like, I personally had to stop with the dates. Me too. So, I mean, some people, have, um, somebody asked me once, like, what, it, what is it like on the due dates? And I'm like, honestly, at this point, you I don't stopped. keep track of them. You, you have to stop yeah. keeping track because mm -hmm. you'll start to lose your mind. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And think of how many bad days that is. Do you know what I mean? Because I only know my first due date, like yeah. my first pregnancy. That's the only due date I know. And it is on my birthday. And it's just like, that's a bad day for me now. And I, so I, after the first miscarriage, I didn't even like look at what a possible due date could be for any of my other babies. Really? Uh, yeah. You've got really good discipline. Like, <laughs> the second my period was due like four days out, I'm like, well, maybe I'm, my period's not due for another week, but let me just see what my due date will be. <laughs> I actually just watched your YouTube video that you were already looking into the due date of your baby after IVF. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. So, well, it wasn't going to be September if it was this month. October if it's next month. Ridiculous. So embarrassing. Um, no, so, we, we all have our things. <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm what, what, what were we asking? IVF? Um, what were we talking about? How far apart kind of like your miss your yes. miscarriages were? Were they all kind of similar? Um, so the first one was no Thanksgiving, November of 2016. The second one was, oh, so the second one, I had a really, really good friend in the UK who came over to my house and she was like, I said, oh, you know, can I get you a cup of tea? Which is the thing you do in the UK. The stereotype is alive and well. Um, and she said, oh, well, do you have decaf? And I was like, decaf? I was like, hmm, I'm going to have decaf too. Why are you drinking decaf? And we were like, oh, we're pregnant at the same time. Now, my oldest, my, my oldest son, both of our sons had a birthday one day apart. And then okay. we found out that our due date for the second was also going to be like two oh, days. Oh, my apart. goodness. So that was like really exciting. And then I lost that one. So that was March. No, that was April. I'm, a, I'm assuming she, did she go on to have a healthy pregnancy? She did. She did. Oh, I mean, it, that's so great, but you know exactly what I mean. It's just like, oh, that's hard. It is. It is. And it was hard. It was really emotional when I saw her after that miscarriage because we were such good friends and she was starting to show and yeah. all of that. And I just said to her, I said, look, you know, your happiness is completely separate from my sadness. I don't, they're not mutually exclusive. And I have no, I never would hold it against somebody, so to speak. Cause you know, I, I do have friends who have said like, I can't even be in the same room with a pregnant person. And that's fine. I get that. But yeah. for me, I just, I could, I always was able to separate the two. So yeah, she yeah. has a beautiful, beautiful little boy now. That was April. And then the next one was, that might've been my, Gosh, this is embarrassing, Shelly. I think I had another, that was November. My second one was February. 
And then my third one was the story I just told with her. And that was in April. That's okay. right. So then we moved to Switzerland and then it was January of 2017. So I'm four. Uh, and then there was one in, April again, and then one in August, and then I've just had one. Oh well, you just had one. Yeah, we were in Portugal. And, yeah. And we we weren't, I mean, girl, when I tell you, we were not trying that month. I don't know. Because you were wanting to is. do IVF, right? Yeah, we were ready yeah. to start IVF. And I swear, my husband's going to kill me that I'm telling you this. We, we did not have a lot of sex that month. We were both <laughs> shocked. We were like, what in the hell? And he was like, this is it, because we weren't trying. Yeah. This is going to last. And I, I just, yeah, I knew. But but in the same way of, like, having them look into it after the third, this time around, I was like, I just want it to happen so I can start IVF. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, when do you start IVF? You're so, prepping right now, right? Yeah, I'm prepping. But this is where Europe and the United States are very different. Okay. I see a lot of, like, articles and blogs and podcasts and stuff and people talking about like do this to your diet and do this and that and the other and in Europe they just don't give you that kind of advice like I'm getting acupuncture because I've read a lot about that it can help so I'm doing that but I've had friends give me advice on diet and stuff but other than that I've cut back on drinking um and caffeine but that that's really about it so yeah I'm prepping yeah. for January a January start okay yeah yeah New Year, new pregnancy. I know. I know. But <laughs> well, God, what, what a nightmare this is, right? Do you find, uh, so do you, do you have like a lot of your friends who haven't had miscarriages, do they like dodge the topic with you or how does a it? A lot of people, yes. Mm -hmm. I am somebody who I'm cool with making people feel uncomfortable about it. Me too. <laughs> and then maybe I get some sort of weird satisfaction out of it. I don't know. <laughs> but I am very much like you where I use humor a lot. And I, th yeah. I do think that that helps. Yeah. And being open about it, I think that that helps too. Because people yeah. do feel a little bit more comfortable to talk about it. Or if you're not necessarily open about it, I could see how that would maybe be a little bit more difficult for friends to, you know, ask questions or talk about it. But I do find that I think people are a little bit nervous to like hurt feelings. Yeah. Um, or they just don't know is like, is Eileen going to start crying in front of me if I bring this up? So my whole thing yeah. is I am not a fan of pink elephants in the room. I hate it. Me too. I absolutely hate it. And I, it's not necessarily that I want to make somebody feel uncomfortable, but at the same time, I'm like, this is happening. I'm going through a hard time and it's really hard for me to stand here. You know, I, it was hard for me to put makeup on this morning and stand here smiling to you. So I'd rather just yeah. talk about it, you know? Yeah. And also too, I started my YouTube channel after my second miscarriage because I found so much support in the YouTube yes. community because I didn't know how to deal with it. And it was like yep. hearing other women's stories really helped. Mm -hmm. So the YouTube channel was quite cathartic for me, helping that's me exactly. deal with it. Yeah, right? that's exactly why I started mine. Yeah. Because I didn't have anybody. I didn't know anybody who had had a or, miscarriage. Or if I if I talked about it to my family and friends who are incredible and they were so supportive, they just couldn't relate. It's not the and same. They, mm -hmm. they didn't know what to say and all of that. So the YouTube community was where I turned. But once I had done that, well, now it's out there. And now it's yep. like elephant. People yep. know about it. You know? Yep. 
So totally. There's pros and cons to it for sure. For sure. For sure. Especially when you, I know we kind of chatted a little bit about this after your seventh miscarriage. It's like, okay, because I'm so open about it now, I have to broadcast that I've had another one. Yes. And yes. it's kind of like, that's not something I want to do right now. But at the same time, like, we do it for a reason, right? I like, there, there's the pros and cons to it. So it's like... It's it's crazy. And like people, people listening right now, like, yeah, I'm upbeat and I'm even making jokes about it. But like, I tear up about it every day. Oh, yeah. It's really, really hard. And yesterday I was doing a video and I was crying and I was like, God, why can't my channel be makeup tutorials? Why can't I, <laughs> why can't I do like a Target haul? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I am ready to turn this ship, which is why I'm so excited for you because like you're getting ready to have a baby, which is so awesome. And I'm oh, so thank you. Thank so you. Now that's a whole nother thing that you will hopefully find out in hopefully. January or February. But um, once you get pregnant going through miscarriages, it's like, I was really nervous to announce it because yeah. I was like, I, mean, hurt. I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, I wonder if she felt, cause I've already started to think about this. I'm way, mm -hmm. way before I should be, but I'm like, guilty. it's almost like the community. Do you feel guilty that you're yeah. telling the community now I'm having a baby? Uh huh. Cause you have all of these people who are following your channel or your social media because they're going through the same thing as you. And then you get pregnant and you're like, okay, I hope that I, for me, I was like, I hope I can spin this into like a hopeful thing for people, but I know it's going to hurt a lot of people. And that's a yes. really weird thing to think about. Um, even just going somewhere where I know somebody's going to be there that is experiencing a miscarriage or multiple miscarriages and I have a belly now and I'm like yeah. Ugh, me just walking in the room is going to make them feel some sort of sadness you know yeah. what I mean it's it's a really weird thing that I don't think any other pregnant woman feels for sure if they haven't but experienced also, it but also I think like if you and I were at a baby shower together I think there'd be like a moment of eye contact and you would acknowledge that I'm going through pain and I would also acknowledge to you it's okay and uh -huh. I'm so happy for you and you you know I think there's a connection it's crazy yeah. the connection that you make I mean look at us you're in Switzerland and I'm in Minnesota and we've made a connection through I something know. sad but like, it's crazy it is really powerful yeah my my friend was like so you've never met her and you guys are just gonna chat I'm like girl we are gonna like we have something so big in common that it's gonna we're be already bfs we're like yeah <laughs> totally totally oh goodness so yeah it's mental it really is it really is how did your husband handle like all of the losses i know we chatted a little bit about and if you don't want to talk about this that's fine but um, no it's fine He's just kind of like was he the same as you like emotionally or was it a little bit different it was different. It yeah. was different. Um, I think it's really weird. It's kind of like yin and yang. Like if mm -hmm. I was feeling very like, well, this is just my body saying that after my second one, I was like, you know, this is just my body saying it does. It doesn't want to carry the pregnancy and we'll get pregnant again. Like I was feeling really hopeful. The second one really hit him hard because yeah. like we were talking about earlier, it was like, okay, one in four now one in a bit more like this is strange. Yeah. And my, my husband's an accountant and he's very much, 
um, is analytical the right word? And he is yeah. very scientific. Like there has to be an answer for everything. Um, neither of us are particularly religious, so we didn't really mm-hmm. have that to turn to. And yeah. he just really wanted to find out why it was happening. So he was very yeah. frustrated in that sense. Um, what was I going to say? Also, too, like we said earlier, he was super hopeful every time I got pregnant. Um, and also the biggest thing probably, and this is where I wanted to tell you earlier, I wasn't able to download your book in Europe. I'm, I'm going to definitely read it, but I wonder if you talk about this in your book. I think that my husband was able to compartmentalize. So when he was Mm -hmm. home, it was happening, but when he was at work, he could focus solely on work. And that was where he would come home and I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I showered that day, that was good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he's come home and like, it's just another day. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I'm. No, I, well, but I understand. I think anybody listening will understand too, because most yeah. likely they've been through it and are yeah. able to relate to it. For us, it was, I did talk about this a little bit in my book and I'll send you, you probably just don't have the Europe link. I'll send it to you. Oh, um, cool. um, but I was really nervous for this chapter in my ebook because it doesn't make, I don't know how to explain this. It doesn't make my marriage look great. You know what I mean? Like you want to throw out great things on social media, but you just got to be real sometimes. I feel like both you and I are very real on both of our YouTubes and our Instagrams and whatnot. Um, But I talked a lot about how for my husband, he is very straight to the point. It was like, we lost the baby. We try again. Like um, they weren't necessarily losses to him. Right. I don't know how to explain that. And he was getting more frustrated with the amount of time things were taking and not getting answers and that kind of a thing where I was frustrated with that kind of stuff as well. But I was also dealing with things as almost like a death each time. Yeah, of course. Um, And I think that's where the difference was. And it was it was almost like I would get so frustrated with him because I was like, this is supposed to be a 50 50 thing. Like, why am I dealing with so much more than he is? And I would just I would just get so like angry that he wasn't on the same level as me. Um, But I think it's super normal. And eventually I had to realize that I couldn't. This is where it gets a little bit weird because I know like a marriage is supposed to be like you support each other and like we supported each other. But I couldn't depend on him. I couldn't depend on him to feel the same way that I felt to make me feel better. So I almost had to just find my own ways to get through things. And the second I just like separated our yeah. emotions is when we started to get along again. And it was sure. like, because yeah. okay, like, such a personal thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's so hard. And so I, different. I totally get that. Cause like, well, I mean, if we want to get real, 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 I mean, let's talk like marriage. People have sex when they get married. Yeah. Like, I, once I started having all these miscarriages, sex was not fun anymore. Oh no, it's like, a job. Frankly, it's a job. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have these rough days, and it's like, oh, okay, let's time for a bit. I'm like, I no, it, that was tough. I mean, if yeah. we're gonna be real, real, real. And also, I I think emotionally, and like I say, everybody's really different. Andy is, and I'm sure your husband is too. Like he's there for me a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, they just deal with it differently, and I think he. And it's not their bodies. You know, totally. Yeah. And I think going back to the scientific thing too, Andy would look at like, it's very early on and you know what I mean? Like analyze mm -hmm. the scientific side of it. Whereas I'm like you, it's like, oh my God, this is like a death. Like I've lost a child, you know? I'm a mom. Like the second I see that positive pregnancy test, I am a mom and this is my kid. Totally. Uh, Totally. No matter how big they are, if they have a heartbeat or not, whatever, like 
that yeah. is my child. Yes, exactly. Um, and that segues perfectly into like when people are trying to make you feel better and the things they say to you, like people used to be like, oh, well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant and that's yeah. really great. I'm like, but that's not the end mm-hmm. game. <laughs> or even the, um, at least well, at least, yes, that's the worst. <laughs> and like, I agree. I think it would be a lot more physically and emotionally traumatizing to be further along. Like I really do, For sure. but it's still emotionally and physically traumatizing early on, no matter how early, you know, totally. like a couple of minor, I, a lot of, I mean, all of mine are technically considered like chemical pregnancies. And I just yeah. hate that term. I hate that term. Me I so. don't use it. I, yeah. I don't like when the doctors use it. I don't personally use it because it's I've just, never even heard of it. What is uh, that? Like, to me, it sounds like a fake pregnancy. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. It's not, it's just really early. Is that so I think like clinically, if it's early, they call it chemical? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't like that term at no, all. No, me neither. Because even when my husband first heard it, he's like, oh, so you weren't really pregnant. It was just like a chemical. I was like, oh, God, don't go there, man. Don't you dare go there. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I tell you? So on my most recent miscarriage, I took all these pregnancy tests over and over again because I had been for, I don't remember which one it was to this hospital here. And they were like, well, are you sure you were pregnant? And I was uh, like, yes, I took like two pregnancy. I was definitely yeah. pregnant. So this time I took the pregnancy test in with, with you. I've <laughs> done that. And you feel totally like, crazy. Believe me. Like, yes. Yes. I've done that before because you feel crazy. Totally. You literally start to feel crazy. Um, I, I always, so my first pregnancy, I didn't go in until I started bleeding because I just I made my you know eight week appointment for my ultrasound and that was it I didn't go in to confirm my pregnancy or anything like that I just did a home pregnancy test and every pregnancy after that I made sure and I think it's different in Europe I don't know if they do this but I went in right away for blood draw to just get my HCG drawn so that the doctors believed me which is like so pathetic like that they even have to do something like that but I was like, I want these documented. Like, I understand ignorance is bliss. And I, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, it was so early. Maybe you shouldn't have tested that early. It's like, I wanted to know. I want to know if I'm pregnant so that I can figure out why I keep losing these because doctors won't take you seriously until you've lost X amount of pregnancies. It's crazy. So there's a really interesting study that my doctor here in Zurich has brought up to me. And I haven't I need to dig into it more to read more about it, but it's called, it's like a TLC study. It's called, um, to go back to in the, in Europe, you don't go in right away to have blood drawn. They'll say like, did you take a pregnancy pregnancy test? Is it positive? You're pregnant. And then just set up your eight week scan. But there's been this new study out that my doctor was telling me, like she said, the second you get pregnant, call me because this study says it's called TLC for tender loving care. Women who have had recurring miscarriages, apparently we'll have to fact check this. I need to look it up, but women who've had recurring miscarriages. If they immediately go to a doctor just for psychologically and mentally, if they have that reassurance, yes, you're pregnant. It it not decreases the risk of miscarriage. I don't want to misrepresent it, but there it's like, if you've had a recurring miscarriage, it can help you. Yeah. maybe sustain further. I don't know. I'd have to, we'll have to. Well, there is, it. there is so much psychological stuff that goes on after a miscarriage and like even just the stress that you feel with each pregnancy afterwards, like, yeah. and then you start to be like, gosh, is that damaging? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. I am. Um, oh. Gosh, I was, 
everything. It's like, obviously, stop drinking coffee, stop, um, stop drinking all the stuff you do normally. But yeah. I was doing like, I need to be on bed rest. I, yeah. I took a pregnancy test now. I shouldn't even walk. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, because maybe that will help. Maybe me walking last time was the reason that, yeah. Because yeah. uh -huh. you're like, you're like big into exercise, right? Yeah. So I, I do CrossFit and mm -hmm. For the longest time, I was like, is CrossFit causing this? Is that why mm -hmm. it's happening? So oh, yeah, then I was like, okay, no more box jumps, no more double unders and all of that. But even still, I was having them and I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to stop exercising because like yeah. psychologically, that's the one thing I have that's keeping me healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And yeah. nothing is, nothing is causing it. That's the no. thing. It's like, but your head, it goes straight there. You start cutting things out of your life. You're trying totally. different things because when things don't work, you change it. Like that's yeah. just a natural process. Um, sure. but no, I can, I mean, I could tell you even like this pregnancy, I, after my fourth loss, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to change anything this time. Like I'm going to just live my life. Nice. And like, I got like nothing causes a miscarriage. I mean, most like, sure. Some things can, but like, yeah. most likely if you're having reoccurring miscarriage, nothing you're doing is causing it. Yeah. Unless you're like smoking crack. Don't right. Smoke crack. Yeah, don't smoke crack, kids. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, this this was like healing for me. I don't know about you, but oh. I'm absolutely loving the fact that I started doing this podcast because this is really awesome. Just like it's really great, it. and it's it's great because it's going to reach so many people. Yeah, I hope. Late, so yeah, You're and I hope awesome, other people. Awesome thank you. You too. I hope other people listening to this feel the same way. It's like it's almost just like meeting. You know, the lamb fam. That's what I always call it on my YouTube yeah, channel. Hashtag it. lamb fam. Like life yeah, after I, miscarriage. Yes, for a while <laughs> I, I saw it. I was like, lamb fam. I was like looking at your name and I'm like, where does she get lamb out of her name? And then I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's awesome. Brilliant. I know. I think I need to start saying it every time because some people are like, I don't get it. And I'm like, life no, after I'm, miscarriage, lamb fam. No, I'm a little slow on the uptake. Don't change it. <laughs> but no, I love, I love that. It's basically we're just building a bunch of people who get it. And yeah. it's just community and yeah. it's so fun. But um, do you want to, before we end here, do you want to just like shamelessly just like plug any of your social media accounts? Because I'm oh. sure, I'm sure some people are going to want to follow you after this and, oh, you know, awesome. follow your story. Well, I want to say before, this is more important than plugging. I, there's a quote that I saw and I, after my third miscarriage, it became like my mantra. And it's really cheesy. It's from the Grand Marigold Hotel. But um, they say, like, it all works out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. So if, I love that. If, yeah. If you're listening, it's I mean, I've been I think I can. I have street cred in the miscarriage department. I have been to some dark cred. places. Not <laughs> going through this, yeah, going through this for two years. I've been in some dark places, and mm -hmm. remembering that quote helps me. And just like get back up, like have your good cry in the shower. Don't get out of bed one day if you feel like you can't, but you have to get back up. You have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's um, the only advice I feel like you can give is just keep going. Just keep just going. Keep going. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. So you can find me over on YouTube. It's just my name, Eileen Vincette with two T's. Everybody says Vincent. Don't worry. And uh, <laughs> I'm at Insta on Instagram at Eileen Vincette. So. Awesome. Awesome. I'm Good so luck. excited. Thank I'm you so for, for you in February. I, and you in January or February. <laughs> October, girl. October. That's the due date. <laughs> October. Yes. 
<laughs> I love it. Oh. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on with us. And you guys, before we hang up here, just remember if you want to join the Lamb Fam, you can always head over to my YouTube channel, Shelly Metling Life After Miscarriage, as well as Instagram, just Shelly Metling. And we started an Instagram for our podcast too. Um, oh my gosh, isn't this bad? I don't even remember it. I have to look it up. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> winning, winning at life or just winning it. I don't know. Um, Lamb Fam Podcast. <laughs> oh, it's goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's so tricky, right? I've been saying it for a year now. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Shelly. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.